Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hey folks, Dr. Tim Jordan back here with a brand new episode of Raising Daughters, and I am really excited about the topic today because I'm going to be talking about my favorite movie of all time. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician who uh, works with girls grade school through the college ages in a counseling practice, weekend retreats and summer camps, my school program. I give lots of talks all over the country and the world. And you're wondering why you're going to be talking about a movie. Well, it's because this movie represents the heroine's journey. For those of you who have heard me before, you know how much I love stories and fairy tales. But this is my favorite movie. Now, back uh, August 5th of 2021, so 8521, I did a podcast about the heroine's journey. So if you're, you go back there and re-listen to that podcast because I explained all the steps of the heroine's journey, I'm going to talk about a specific one with this podcast. The hero's journey or the heroine's journey is a narrative pattern that's found in many of our most well-known fairy tales, stories, movies of all time. And every adolescent girl must embark on this journey if she's going to discover her these new depths of courage and strength and hope and a resolve within herself that she can draw on to overcome all the challenges she's going to be facing growing up. And your daughter is no different. Great story characters like Moana, Katniss from The Hunger Games, Frodo from The Lord of the Rings, Cinderella, Rey from the Star Wars series, Hermione and Harry Potter all find themselves thrust into the hero's or the heroine's journey. And it always begins with a call from an ordinary life that's often is boring for the character. They're unhappy. They feel unfulfilled. Uh, there's a bleak uh, life, a bleak look into their future. Our heroines usually meet a mentor who guides and encourages them on their quest. And after embarking on this journey, the heroine has to face uncertainty. They become afraid. They begin to doubt their ability to carry out this quest. I know during the Hunger Games books and the movies, which I love, by the way, Katniss says, I didn't ask for this about a thousand times. These fictional young heroines must confront their deepest fears and face a series of dangerous encounters to gain the strength and the resources to face the adult world. It's a journey from being a girl to a woman. My favorite movie of all time is not my favorite war movie, which is The Great Escape. It's not uh, the Shawshank Redemption, although that's in my top 15. It's not uh, my favorite drama, which is probably either um, The Road to Perdition or Man on Fire. No, my favorite movie of all time, number one, has been since I was a kid, is The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. I love everything about it. I love the characters. I love the songs. I love, and I also love 
how it represents so well the heroine's journey. Dorothy is an orphan who's living with her aunt and uncle. And she runs away because she says nobody understands her. She meets Professor Marvel, who convinces her to travel the world with him. But then she gets scared and the storm comes up. And so she tries to run back home to where she, where she used to be, but she can't get in. The door is locked. She goes inside the house. She bangs her head. She falls asleep and thus begins her heroine's journey. There's a lot of sleeping that happens for heroines in the fairy tales. Think about Snow White, Sleeping Beauty. When the heroine goes into the forest, goes into a cave, goes underwater, or falls asleep, that's usually a metaphor for going inward to start the journey, the journey of growth. I remember for me personally, I remember uh, I was getting restless in my job as a, as a pediatrician. This is a long time ago. I liked the well child care. I did not like the call. I was in a small town outside of St. Louis. I had joined another guy, and we had a busy practice. And so we were having to be on call every other night and every other weekend. And we had to go to the emergency room a lot because we were in a small town. There wasn't like a pediatrician in-house like there are in the big cities. Also, every C-section we had to go in for. And so my time was not my own. And I had three little kids at that point. And I decided I wanted more flexibility in my schedule. It was at this time during my journey where I started to feel restless. And I got this urge to, to, you know, to do something different. And then I had an opportunity that came across my path to take this weekend retreat. I did it with my wife, Anne. It was called Understanding Yourself and Others. This is like 40 years ago. And I trusted the urge to do it, even though it, 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 was, it cost a lot of money. It was a three-day weekend, all that stuff. But it gave me the opportunity to connect with myself, other people. Um, I felt safe to go to places I had stuffed over many years of my life up to that point. I realized I had been sleepwalking through, sleepwalking through life a lot until I woke up. I got a chance to process through a lot of my childhood adversities. I let go of, I let go of some old hurts. I did some forgiveness work. And I started to see myself and my family in a new light. And I clicked my heels three times and I returned home. That hero's journey for me was a chance to uh, figure out who I really was and what I wanted. To stop doing things to please other people or to be better than other people. I shifted my intention to be of service. And all that made a huge difference for me in my life. Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz feels ignored by the adults around her. She does speak her mind when she uh, gets angry at, <clears throat> at Miss Gulch because she's going to try and harm So we see a little bit of the courage that she has that she doesn't even realize that she has. She's the only one who's willing to stand up to Mrs. Gulch. And then she takes the action to run away from home. She sings the song Over the Rainbow, which is uh, her way of, of showing the, the longing she has to be seen, to be heard, to belong somewhere, to be included to be recognized and loved, to feel important. She's an orphan, and, and even though most kids like me who watch that movie are adults, we're not orphans, but all kids, I think, can connect because we've all experienced times when we felt unloved, felt ignored. Maybe our parents couldn't be there for us in some way, shape, or form for a short time or a long time. 
And so there's that urge that Dorothy gets. It's the call to the heroine's journey. It hearkens that change is coming. I've talked to you guys before about touch points, which I learned about through my old mentor, Dr. T. Barry Brazelton in Boston. And that touch point is, touch points are times in our lives when we're about to go through a big change, a big leap in development. And this is what Dorothy was about to leap into. There's the urge to leave for more independence and make your life your own. But it's also a time when oftentimes we want to stay home. It's safe. Um, it's, it's our comfort zone. But is it really safe if you're going to stay stuck in a life that doesn't feel good to you? Life events kept calling Dorothy to grow. They also do that for all of us, by the way. But when she goes back home, after talking to Professor Marvel, the cellar door is locked. And that forces her to start taking care of herself. I think in all of our lives, once we tune into these urges that we have, opportunities come calling to try something new. If we accept the invitation, if we're willing to face our fears, the fears of the unknown, feeling out of control, getting out of our comfort zone, we need to push through those fears and we need to answer the call. And if we don't, we lose the chance at renewal and growth. And what Dorothy finds, which is true for all of us, is just showing up is most of the battle. Dorothy accomplishes so much by just showing up. Just showing up meant that she killed the Wicked Witch, one of the Wicked Witches of the East. And she frees Munchkin Land of their oppressor. And it's interesting that as she walks out of that door of the farmhouse, she's fully present. And the world has changed just by her showing up. She wakes up in this new land. And then she starts to realize that she's got to undertake this journey uh, uh, by leaving behind her past. And it's funny because Dorothy greets this new world not with fear, but with curiosity and, and innocence and wonder. She doesn't hold back. She steps right into the carriage of the, that the Munchkins provide for her, and she goes around Munchkin land, holding open to this new experience, including the Munchkins and the good witch Glinda who shows up. So she goes from this dreary black and white old life to her technicolor world that she sees for the first time in her life. Her life is opening up already. She had been stuck in this routine, not really able to see the opportunities or beauty around her, but now that she's taken the leap and taken the first step and showed up, now it's all opening up for her. I think today we don't have any rites of passage for kids, or most kids don't. But in Munchkin land, they recognize Dorothy. They celebrate her for just being there, for being present, for being herself. I think about the courage that I see in young girls, in middle school and high school especially, who are being excluded from their friend group, who are anxious about going to school because they had to sit alone in the cafeteria, I think about them and how much courage it takes every day for them to just show up at school. Just showing up for girls like that is a victory. And all of girls in that age in their adolescence have to overcome challenges and learn to embrace all parts of themselves, which is also true for Dorothy. So in The Wizard of Oz, this is represented by the characters that she meets on the Yellow Brick Road. The Scarecrow represents her intellect her intuition, her, her knowing, her street smarts. The Tin Man represents her compassion, 
her empathy, her service, the, the ability to follow your heart. The cowardly lion represents her courage, the ability for her to face and overcome her fears. The good witch Glinda represents her spirituality. The uh, bad witch, the witch of the West, represents her shadow side, the demons in her, her quote-unquote negative emotions like anger and jealousy. And then the wizard is representing her inner knowing, the answers that are within her. Even Toto represents something for her. I read uh, that Toto in Latin means all. Because Toto is all over the story, if you think about it. It's Toto who prompts Dorothy to run away uh, in Kansas because he got in trouble with Mrs. Gulch. And that leads to the accident that sends her to, to Oz. It's Toto who's the reason she stands up to the lion. It's Toto who leads her three friends to the witch's castle who are, to save her. It's Toto who pulls back the curtain at the end to reveal the truth about the Wizard of Oz. And finally, it's Toto who chases the cat that keeps Dorothy from getting into the balloon for her free ride home, creating the opportunity for Dorothy to complete her heroine's journey on her own. The story also shows us that most people judge themselves too harshly, that most of us go through life having experienced things that cause us to have negative or limiting mistaken beliefs about ourselves, and all three of her new companions possess qualities that they thought they didn't have. So, actually, the the uh, wiz- uh, excuse me, not the wizard, the scarecrow actually is very smart. The Tin Man has more compassion than he knows. The lion has more courage, which he will discover uh, during this story. So, we all possess things that we desire most, but oftentimes we don't know it yet. <clears throat> I remember years ago during my my uh, personal growth training that the uh, one of my mentors, uh, Bill, sat down with me at lunch one day with a bunch of people at our lunch table, and he was apt to do this. He would gather people around, and then he would say, you know what your problem is, Tim? And, and he did it in a way that wasn't like confrontive. It was just... It was just like, okay, now is my time to learn something. We're sitting at the lunch table, and he pulls all these salt and pepper shakers to our table. And he puts like five of them in one little cluster, and one of them he puts separate. And he said, your problem is these, these salt and pepper shakers represent people who have been mentors for you, like Dr. Brazelton and these other people in your life. And this over here is you, this one is by themselves. And you think that they are on this pedestal and you and you keep trying so hard to catch up with them like you did with your older brothers. He said, but the truth is, they slid this my salt shaker representing me over to the other group. He said, the truth is you're already there. You just don't believe in yourself enough or trust yourself. And he was right. So for me and for all of us, it's scary sometimes to do that kind of looking inside, to do that kind of growth, to start down our path of the yellow brick road. But if you don't get out of your comfort zone and go on your path of growth, you can just stay stuck on a pole like the scarecrow or be frozen and paralyzed with rust like the Tin Man, or you can be hiding out in the forest like the lion. And you can stay derailed for the rest of your life by these mistaken beliefs about yourself. Those three friends that Dorothy meets represent her need to recognize and embrace those parts in herself.
it's interesting that during the this, the book and the movie, it's oftentimes a scarecrow who has the good ideas. It's the lion who feels more courage once he shares his story. In the movie, he he sings that song, and he you can see that he's starting to gain courage already. He's no longer ashamed of himself. Just just embracing that parts of him has caused it to lose its power. Those three friends also help Dorothy when they're connected to gain more courage. She realizes she can face anything when she's connected with other people, like her friends. They link arms as they go off down the yellow brick road singing, we're off to see the wizard. They link arms as they're walking through that, that scary forest and saying lions and tigers and bears, oh my. With her friends and with all these parts of herself, now, now that she's embraced, now she's ready to face her fears and face her challenges. It's also interesting that she, she uses her anger several times during the story. That's one of those parts of her, the, the Wicked Witch of the West, that she has to embrace. She uses her anger to stand up to Mrs. Gulch early in the movie because Mrs. Gulch is doing an injustice. She stands up to the lion when he attacks Toto. She stands up to the witch by throwing water on her because uh, she's trying to hurt the scarecrow because she put uh, fire on his arm. And she also shows her anger at the end and she confronts the wizard when he tries to get out of his promise to help them. Anger for Dorothy is not a bad emotion, and anger for all of us is not a bad emotion. It's an, it's an indication, usually, that our boundaries are being crossed and that we need to take some action to face an injustice. The wizard helps the scarecrow, the tin man, and the lion overcome their last bits of self-doubt doubt, and embrace their strengths and their truths. He's their mentor. But the wizard says he can't help her that Dorothy has to step up and take charge of her own life. She has to have faith in herself instead of having to always rely on the adults and her parents and the authority figures around her. She doesn't even have any parents. She's an orphan, which is true, by the way, of lots of heroines in the stories. It's also interesting that the primary power holders in the movie are women. In Dorothy's hometown of Kansas, it's Miss Gulch. Everybody is kowtowing to Miss Gulch. Um, it's Dorothy, obviously. She's the heroine of the story. Glinda, the good witch, recognizes Dorothy's power immediately. She says, are you a good witch or a bad witch? Did you bring your broomstick with you? And she tells Dorothy she'll have to get what she wants on her own two feet down the yellow brick road. And by the way, Oz is run by a matriarchy. It's run by the two bad witches, until Dorothy kills one, it's also, and also by Glenda, the good witch. I like that, that, that the primary power holders are women. Also, it's, it's interesting, I read this in a book, that when the movie came out, I'm sorry, when the book came out, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, in 1928, I believe, that Dorothy was portrayed as being so powerful and confident, it made some people think that she was being subversive, because, because women weren't supposed to do that. And I read that in 1928 and 1957, respectively, the public libraries in Chicago and Detroit banned the book because of that. Isn't that interesting? Dorothy is advised by Glinda, the good witch, to keep her red ruby slippers because 
they must hold a lot of power. So, so she's encouraged by her mentor to keep her power, to not give it away, which is so true of girls today. You've heard me talk about that in these podcasts. All of us at some point must pull back the curtain and see things and people for what and who they really are. And the message Dorothy gets at the end is important, that she had the power to realize her own heart's desire. Glenda tells her, you don't need to be helped any longer. You've always had the power to go back to Kansas. And when the scarecrow says, well, then why didn't you tell her before? Glenda says, because she wouldn't have believed me. She had to learn it for herself. Just like every adolescent girl has to go on her own heroine's journey herself. So Dorothy answered her calling. She was celebrated by the munchkins at the beginning. She faced and she overcame her fears. She found mentors and allies along the way to support her. She embraced her qualities in herself. She integrated her intuition and wisdom from the scarecrow and compassion from the tin man and the courage to face her fears from the lion, her spirituality from Glinda, her shadow side from the wicked witch, and her inner knowing from the wizard. At every step along the journey in the story, Dorothy shows her inner strength. Her spirit of love and compassion for other people, she helps the scarecrow. She helps oil the tin man. She asks all of them to join her on her journey to go to Oz to get help. She had the courage to defend Toto from the lion. She solves problems by using her natural nurturing qualities. Her love of the scarecrow prompts her to throw water on the fire on his arm, which accidentally kills the, the, the wicked, witch, wicked Witch of the West. And she's given the broomstick uh, to, because people are so grateful for what she's done by killing the witch. Dorothy has pulled back the curtain to see things as they are. She's accumulated the wisdom to create her own heart's desire. She is ready to meet the adult world now as, a, as an adult. And that's when she goes back to Kansas. And she realizes this power is not just in adults, but it's in all of us. We just need to see it and embrace it. The adults must move back from being the stars of our story to being background players who support us. They become the supporting cast. That's part of our job as parents is to allow our kids to step up. So as parents, I think it's important that we help our daughters understand and be aware of their heroine's journey. When you see movies like Moana and, the, and Ray and the Star Wars, and even stories like Cinderella, um, I think it's important to, to, to help them understand this journey. To normalize the uncertainty, the anxiety that comes around touch points when there's uh, growth being had. Whether you're a high school senior or a college senior, there's certain times when we're ready to leap forward into a new place of growth. We need to let our girls know it's okay to struggle. It's okay to be uncertain and to face that uncertainty. To know that they're going to be faced with challenges and adversities, and it's a good thing. Because it's by overcoming those that we grow. They need to know that there's mentors besides their parents that they're going to, uh, that they're going to accumulate along the way. It could be a boss at a job. It could be a professor. It could be a camp counselor that all of us had mentors along the way who support us when we needed it. Girls also need to go to metaphorical sleep. They need quiet time alone to reflect, to process through and integrate their experiences. Most girls don't know how to do that today. They need to be taught. They need practice. 
It's also important, I think, as a parent to share your stories about times when you had to go through adversities when you were an adolescent or in your early adult life. So our daughters know that you can understand, you get it, and if you got through it, they can too. That there's always a light at the end of their tunnel, at the end of their tunnel. And and also to embrace that self-compassion piece about the universal experience that a lot of people in the past, all of us have had to face our demons and to struggle and overcome adversities to be ready to become an adult. And if all of us have gotten through it, so can you too. So your homework is to watch The Wizard of Oz with your daughter. Look for these lessons. Maybe even stop the movie every once in a while to, to point things out. Let it, let it um, create a discussion about the heroine's journey. And let, also, when you start watching other stories and movies, you'll see that hero's journey, the heroine's journey, and all the, all the fairy tales and the stories. It's awesome. And it's great metaphors. And it's easier sometimes to learn the lessons through these other people in the stories before you can see it and learn it in yourself. So thanks for indulging me and talking about my favorite movie of all time, The Wizard of Oz. And maybe as you start to see the movie with your daughter and you see the lessons there, you might end up adopting it as your favorite movie as well. Uh, thanks for, for tuning in to these podcasts every week. I always say, and I, I truly am grateful for you passing them on to other people. Uh, thanks for stopping by. I'll see you back here in a week. <laughs>